Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 35. And tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 87, The Trial of Hiram McDaniel. It's finally here. It's finally here. So we've already listened to this episode. So, you know, just fair warning, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. But uh, yeah, my my goodness, that... Ah. That was an interesting outcome, wasn't it? Yeah, I was actually expecting the opposite outcome, the opposite mm. verdict, actually, when oh, this yeah. uh, got started. Especially with everything that happened during the trial. I thought it was leading in a certain direction and went a completely different way. Well, I was afraid when I saw some of that that it might actually lead to a mistrial. Now I'm kind of hoping it does. Cause, yeah, damn. we, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not happy about the outcome. Okay, so enough talking around it. We'll start at the beginning so we can actually <laughs> discuss it without having to go in circles around it. So uh, first of all, if we had the intro and Cecil said, numbers don't lie, but humans using numbers lie all the time. And I'm like, it's just what an example of how they just say something that's actually completely obvious, but very deep at the same time. Very profound, like, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, well, we started out uh, with discussion about the trial. I I think it's on its last day, I think. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah, yeah. Dana, Mayor Cardinal, took the stand today, and the judge asked her to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And she said, you mean the entire truth? Well, she starts talking, and the courtroom clears, except, of yeah. course, for the judge, who fortunately had the uh, noise-canceling headphones at the ready. Uh, and Hiram stayed and listened to all the truth. And the stenographer, of course, but once Dana finished, you know, she thanked everybody and she picked up her stuff and left. The transcript of the trial is going to be burnt and the stenographer too. Sorry, <laughs> bad day to be a stenographer, yeah. I think. Yeah, they don't kid around with the truth in Night Vale. That's not, you know, interesting. I would have liked Steve Carlsberg probably would have hung around for that. Steve Carlsberg knows all the truth, but I don't think he was one of the observers in the court, which no, is probably a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so. Do you suppose they would have burned the observers too? I'm surprised they didn't burn the jury and Hiram McDaniels too. Yeah, that probably has a lot to do with what happened because at one point they look around and the entire jury has been replaced by strangers except for the one AI that's the five-headed dragon that they created, but... Everybody else is a stranger, and the bailiff, and most of the observers. So it just and got of course very that creepy. just led to the judge running into her uh, chambers and trying to direct things from there. Although screaming at one point that one of the strangers was in her chambers with her, and meanwhile oh, the prosecution and the defense—I think they're both named Troy. Yeah, that's right. They're yep, both yep, named Troy. Yep. A nice little yep, callback yep. to the uh, Nightville novel. But yeah, yep. uh, prosecution and defense are under a table behind a desk trying to you know keep an eye simultaneously on the strangers but the judge orders the trial to keep going that the trial you know they need to start deliberation everyone's like but we haven't done our you know closing sentences nope nope that's not gonna work just everybody go ahead and start the deliberations yeah she was in a big old hurry so while the jury went off into deliberations we went off to the weather and i thought weather was kind of interesting this week it, it was, was a, it was fun it was it was country almost but it was very haunting i like the yeah. uh, the the accompaniment especially i like that yeah i actually uh, i looked it up so it was called cocaine by holy moly and it was interesting their address at band camp was cowpunk holy moly and so i looked up and this is what wikipedia says and wikipedia is like you know 
80% correct 100% of the time. So it says cowpunk or country punk is a subgenre of punk rock that began in the UK and California in the late 1970s and early 1980s. It combines punk rock or new wave with country music, folk music, and blues in sound, subject matter, attitude, and style. And I'm like, that's exactly what it was. It was. That's, that's it was. what the song I liked was. one of the lyrics at the very start was um, an apathetic shrug. We blame it on the drugs, but why care? It's not you. So that seems fair. And yeah. I took a look at their website where I found the lyrics and it's really harsh meaning behind this particular song. It's the idea that Ooh. every no one wants to take responsibility for their own life anymore. So if your life sucks, it's your fault. That's what it means to be an adult. So you need to get on that. I'm like, Wow, yeah. that's yeah, um, that's huh? <laughs> yeah, it's it's not entirely incorrect, right? It <laughs> has you know uh, very little compassion attached to that, but I can't no. say that it's entirely wrong. So no, yeah. No. No. On a slightly lighter note, I forgot to mention this. We had the children's fun fact science corner was a poem this week, and you should definitely like listen to the episode just for this poem. It was really cool. But I looked up the Cecil Speaks Tumblr site, which Catherine always recommends for the transcript. And there was one stanza of it that you and I just kind of looked at each other. We're like, oh, that's cool. And it was, it's kind of like sort of telling kids about being careful with traffic, but also about being careful with things that are hiding and might come and get them. And the one line was, its teeth are sharp, its eyes are sharp, its voice a dulcet maze. So walk real quick and step real light. And always look both ways. I want someone to make a children's book, an illustrated children's book that's just this poem. Just oh, yeah, yeah. get on that because I want yes, to see that. So. Yeah. And other fan art that I wanted, they mentioned at one point when Dana was telling the truth, the line was they, uh, they listened as Dana unfurled the truth inside her. And I'm like, Dana standing up in front of the courtroom at the podium and there's like shadows behind her that are forming these giant wings or something. And I'm just mm. like, yeah, fan artists, you want to help us out with that one? That'd be cool. Yes, please. Uh, we also had a Kleenex ad that I thought was yes. kind of interesting. It was someone talking about the fact that you've got a lot of choices with your nose. You could choose to not have one and everything that comes with it, but you decided to go with that anyway. So we're glad you chose this imperfect form that you're for some reason stuck with. <laughs> Yeah, the line at one point was, you know, so you have this nose that half the time doesn't work anyway. And I'm like, all of my friends who are suffering from allergies, San Diego's just pollen crazy right now, apparently, because everybody's just dying. And oh, I'm like, they'd agree with that a lot. I, I this last season, for some reason, has been horrible with the allergies. And when the, the ad talked about your nose, you could just pop it off sometime. I'm thinking, you mean that's an option? Yeah, that would be great. Well, we come back from the weather and we have a verdict and they were only gone for a few minutes and it's guilty on yeah. all charges uh, yep which surprised me because i think up until this point i really thought hiram had something to do with the strangers that he was somehow scheming something right because once again. everybody except the ai that's specifically been programmed to be a five-headed dragon is yeah. an unmoving, unspeaking stranger. So I thought for sure Hiram was going to get out of it that way. That yeah. was, of course yeah. it was going to be, you know, not guilty. No, but that actually isn't the most surprising part. The most surprising part is the judge is like, okay, so we've got a verdict, now sentencing, death. That's and b both the prosecution and the defense are like, 
wait, this doesn't seem right. And she's like, nope, absolutely, it's death. I'm going to take uh, Hiram out to be executed. It's going to be a bullet in the brain of all the four heads except for Violet, because Violet didn't have anything to do with it. So a bullet in the brains would not damage the heart or lungs or any other part that Violet's attached to. And Violet's like, wait, I'm attached to them. If they get killed, I'm going to die. And yeah, so that, like, little, well, that yeah, little thing. Yeah, that little factoid was, well, I mean, that yeah. and the fact that it would be horrifying enough to be the only head tied to four dead heads. But. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh, my brain was trying to figure out how that would work, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, and the judge uh, said, well, this is justice, and we're not responsible for the well-being of every innocent that comes through this court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Night Vale justice to me. You know, just like the life of one innocent is not more important than justice. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of the phrase, what is it that it's better for 10 guilty people to go free than for one innocent to be convicted wrongly? Yeah, yeah, which is scary considering the fact that innocent people get convicted all the time. All the time. We're finding that out in North Carolina a lot. The Innocence Project has managed to exonerate a lot of people, and it's terrifying how many people have been convicted for... Like bad witness testimony, bad actions on the part of law enforcement, you know, yeah. that sort of did thing. You guys, did you guys ever listen to much of the first season of Serial, that one podcast? I think we went through half of it, but okay. it really did seem like there was a lot of either people deliberately shading the truth for some reason or people saying, eh, it is what it is. So that, that yeah. kind of lackadaisical attitude was yeah. kind of terrifying. Yeah. But, I mean, there was no resolution by the end of that season, No, the trial, there has been, uh, they're appealing it. If you've uh, listened to the serial podcast, there is an appeal going in for Adnan Syed, who was convicted of murdering his girlfriend. And it's it's a really, that's, a, that's an interesting podcast. I think the second season's been even more interesting. It's about the guy who was held prisoner by the Taliban for so many years, and then he's back, and now there's allegations that maybe he was a spy, or maybe, maybe he was a, deliberately, just a deserter or something like that. This is just a deserter, yeah. And it's, it's really, really very interesting. So if you want to listen to another podcast after you've listened to ours, yes. then that's a good one to listen <laughs> ours to. Ours first, priorities. Yes, yes. But yeah, that was that was the the whole episode. I mean, Hiram McDaniel's taken out by the doomed stenographer is how they refer yeah. to it. But I mean, Hiram yeah. is weeping, ranting, wailing. Poor Gold was sick. I mean, it was. Yeah. It, you, yeah. I actually started wishing that it had gone the other way. I know. I was sitting here. I was going to be disappointed if it was innocent. I'm like, ah, oh, he's going to get away with it. But now he's guilty. I don't know. I guess maybe I thought if he was guilty, it'd be. Life in prison or something. I didn't really think about what the consequences were going to be. So, Well, I think this yeah. is the first time we've seen an actual conviction that results in a death by law enforcement. Because Lord knows, Night Vale citizens get killed by Night Vale law enforcement and everyone attached oh, yeah. to it all the time. But this is yeah. o- official in the record. Yeah. yeah, but not exactly due process when you get right down to it. Yeah. Something's off. Something, something's, something's off. off. Somebody got to the judge, I think. Maybe one of the strangers got to the judge. Who knows? We still don't know what the heck's going on with that. No, we don't. Mm. At least we didn't see any puppies today. Yeah, no. (laughs) And no mention of Maureen either. No, no. no. Though an interesting mention, we had in the community notices, we had uh, a note from someone who said, you know, you were lucky. I let you go the last time, but next time you're not going to be so lucky. The woman from Italy. That, I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a deep pull right there. Yeah. I haven't heard that in the first season, I think. Yeah, yeah. Someone was saying that the 
intern who, uh, Chad, who went to the sports store and was never heard from again. Some people are saying that was the third episode. I have to look that up. I, that's, that's a long way back. It might be, but, yeah. uh, yeah. So, and then someone was like, that means they've been planning it since the first year. I'm like, no, wait, hang on. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think they're taking advantage of the facts, but you know. I remember reading something about Neil Gaiman's, uh, Sandman series and the fact yeah. that, one of his techniques was to deliberately seed stories with little off-kilter facts, and then yeah. he could go back and try to figure out what that was all about and tie it into yes. the current story. So maybe not always having a clockmaker's precision in planning out every single move. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I've always cool. sort of felt that uh, spoilers uh, for Torchwood and Doctor Who, but it's a spoiler from several years ago, so whatever, but with... Captain Jack Harkness turning out to be the face of Bo. And there are all these people like, man, they've been planning it since like the second episode. I'm like, no, they didn't. No, no that was so. they, no. they still yeah. have any, they, we still don't even know if Jack was trolling when he referred to himself as from his Academy days as the face of Bo. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if he is though, I don't think any of the authors planned that out that far back. That'd be awesome if they did, but it just doesn't feel like that. No, but you know, no, that's, no. you know, but believe whatever you want to believe. <laughs> So this week coming up is going to be a really, I've got a busy week coming up on Monday, at time of this recording tomorrow, I'm going with some friends to see the Star Trek uh, uh, Orchestra event that's going on. They're actually going to be like playing a lot of music from Star Trek and the movies and Star Trek and the episodes and showing video up on the screen and it's up in LA. And so that's going to be, it's, I can't remember, it's like the Star Trek experience or hang Neat. on, let me just look that up. Okay. Get that. And so that's the Star Trek Ultimate Voyage Rediscover 50 Years of Star Trek and it's a city concert tour so it's it's going to be that's going to be fun. So that's Monday and then on Thursday I'm going with several friends we're seeing an early showing of Captain America Civil War. Oh, so awesome. Really oh my goodness. Really I'm so looking forward that. to that. Man, everyone's yeah. going nuts about that. Yeah, they really are losing their minds. They had the premiere in London and I have been so careful about spoilers. So I I think I think the general idea is positive, uh, I'm hoping, but yeah, this but is going to be interesting. I think you saw that uh, Facebook post I put up on the Binary System podcast about the difference between how Marvel does their cinematic universe and how DC does their cinematic universe. Yes. And it's like Marvel is, you know, a big bulletin board and you've got one whole board for phase one with notes on it and then phase two and then phase three. And it's a separate board for each one of them with strings and notes and a bunch of people discussing all the different points on how to work them together. And then you have how DC does their cinematic universe. And it's one person standing there screaming, all the characters we need all the characters right now and they put them all into a blender and press go and then everything spits out all over everybody he says great now turn out the lights yes <laughs> it's probably it is, very it unfair great. but oh oh uh, yeah. man that's it's a great just go to the binary system facebook page if you want to check it out because it's really it's a hilarious cartoon and it's i think it's spot on well, i really i mean do. it just really does seem to point out the problem i mean marvel has been planning this stuff for a long time. I mean, they took the time to introduce individual characters in their own movie with their own separate story, and in some cases, multiple sequels progressing, and then they did a big combo yeah. of characters. Whereas DC, yeah. 
all of them at once. No yeah. lead up whatsoever. So you get all the origin stories in one, three separate stories, probably a big battle as they all fight each other for no reason. And it's yeah. just, yeah, I yeah. don't I don't get it. DC, you're going to have to put in the time. And that's, I mean, honestly, the whole debacle with, you know, Marvel had Secret Wars last summer, which I still maintain is one of the best crossover events I've ever seen, just because each individual book was awesome. And then the whole world that they created together was awesome. And then Marvel says they'd been planning that for five years. I can understand that a lot of that can be marketing and twisting the facts, but they they had to have been planning it for at least a couple years. It was way too complicated. They had way too much great talent and great stories, and that takes some time ahead of time to arrange. And you've got DC's answer to it at the same time was Convergence, which was just a giant hot mess. It didn't make any sense. I didn't like the art. I didn't like the writing. And it just, ugh, DC is just very reactionary, and they got to they gotta start planning. Hopefully, this whole rebirth thing that DC is doing, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll see how it goes. It sounds like they were doing a good job of promoting it, certainly. I have to admit, the panel at WonderCon was very well done. So at least on a marketing standpoint, that was cool. We'll see if everything else lives up to it. But yeah, if if they can get their ducks in a row in the comic book universe, that may help them out with the movie universe. Because right now, both of them are giant messes. So. Oh, yeah, they do. Well, they, their TV stuff seems to be doing fairly yeah. well, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I hate is. the fact that I haven't actually been watching any of it, but everyone's saying no. nice things about The Flash. Um, yeah. A lot of Arrow. people are fans of uh, Supergirl. I think yes. our friend Vincent posted that he thought that the Flash Supergirl crossover was just adorable. Yes, yes, yes. Arrow, of course, takes everything by storm. Gotham is still doing well, but not as well as the other stuff. I've watched a little bit of it. It's it, it's starting to bow down under the weight of its own seriousness, I think. you know. It's, well, it's I think just, a bunch of people have pointed out, you know, it's Batman without Batman. (laughs) Which people were pointing that out from the very get-go, which I actually thought would be kind of cool. It's like, you know, we're seeing this whole rich universe around him. And Bruce Wayne is there, but he's just a kid. I didn't have a problem with that. I just, every time I watch it, I'm like, it's really heavy. (laughs) And I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with things being dark either. But this is different from dark. It's just very serious. Well, it's a police procedural, isn't it? Isn't that the main focus? I don't know if you could call it that because you still got all the flamboyant Gotham villains in there, you know. And the guy who plays Penguin is awfully good. He's very, very good. I really like him a lot. Now, speaking of Gotham villains, have you watched the trailer for the uh, Joker, uh, the Batman, uh, the Killing Joke animated movie that's coming out? No, I haven't. Wow. Well, okay. I'm still not 100% sold on the animation. I don't know if that's just how it's coming across in the trailer or if that's going to be the final animation. It's almost a little jerky, like the animators are only doing, like, you know, they're skipping every fifth panel or something like that. Mm. It's interesting. Kind of, yeah, or it could be almost like a clumsy sort of flash animation. I could possibly be sold on it. Uh, the movie is uh, going to be rated R. And they are going to be following the actual Alan Moore storyline. And the trailer shows that they are following the Alan Moore storyline. Oh, good on them. Yeah. So it's a a bold move for Batman to actually show something like this. Because this is... This is triggering material, I think, for a lot of people. It's very dark. I remember... Uh, Nathan was the one who introduced uh, this particular one to me years ago. And he said, the Joker's always doing terrible stuff. 
this was one of the first times that he had read a storyline where the Joker was actually being evil. I mean, not yeah. just crazy, but malicious and evil. And that was, it's scary, scary stuff. So who knows, maybe if they're bold enough, this will actually work. I've heard before from people, I've not watched a lot of the DC animated stuff, nor the Marvel animated stuff, honestly, but I've heard that DC really takes the cake when it comes to the animated stuff. Like Marvel stuff, for the most part, is not the greatest, but that DC has some really stellar stuff. And certainly Batman Beyond is a classic. Uh, the original Batman animated. I love uh, the, the original Batman animated. Yeah. I am mad that it's so hard to find a copy to watch of Batman Mask of the Phantasm because that honestly surprised me. I remember being in college watching that and thinking, oh, it's an animated movie spinoff sort of thing. It's really good. <laughs> it was, nice. I had a lot of fun watching that. But of course, TV-wise, I mean, I think like about a year and a half ago, we could say, oh, well, you know, DC sucks on the movies, uh, but they're doing the better than anybody else in the TV. And I'm like, now we have Jessica Jones and we have Daredevil, Daredevil. and we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they're, you know, they have they have lots of love there. So DC, you can't stand still. So keep no, moving maybe, forward. Well, It'll like, be fine. You know? Yeah, well, DC needs to get on with Netflix because it seems like Netflix is the winning way to go at this point. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. House of Cards, there's Daredevil, there's Jessica Jones, this release an entire series at once on Netflix. It's working really well. Hey, did you watch The Fall with Gillian Anderson? I did not, actually. Okay. So I've only I just, just started it. How is it? just started. Uh, it's good. It's dark. It's really, really dark. But I like her character. She is just so no-nonsense in everything she does. I now, really, wait a minute. I really didn't this... Ah, isn't that the one, the first episode introduced this character of a serial killer rapist? Yeah. Sort of the, yeah. Okay, the ending of that episode, Nathan actually watched the first episode. The ending freaked me the hell out, because we discussed this on a previous podcast, that the idea of somebody being murdered, and there is someone nearby who either isn't helping or doesn't even hear that they're being killed. That freaks yeah. me the hell out. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's why definitely I, haven't, a thing. I didn't try to watch any more there because that was just, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe later. But oddly yeah. enough, watching Hannibal has freaked me out less, although it is still amazingly creepy and beautiful nice. imagery. But I stumbled across a blog that the person who was the food designer on that TV show did, that she would do a rundown of the decisions that were made on all this beautifully presented food that Hannibal creates during the show, oh, and all awesome. the stuff that she would go into to find things that weren't actually human, but looked like they could be human that he was cooking. Ooh, and it's all oh gorgeous and elegant. And you have to get freaked out every time you watch this episode that Hannibal is actually feeding unsuspecting people his other victims. So oh, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's a quite That's a complex great. show. I'm only in the uh, first season, but just recently got into the episodes where Gillian Anderson makes an appearance. So yeah, oh, it's nice. always been really? nice to, uh, to watch. She's, uh, it's so unfair. She just gets prettier the older she gets. How does she do she that? She really does. I have no idea. I mean, David Duchovny's not bad looking either, but when it comes to who's aged better, I mean, she wins that one she by really a long does. shot. Yeah. She looks amazing. <laughs> Other than that, make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, all the podcasts, and Catherine and I are still planning on going to New York for New York Comic Con. It's funny, they were announcing for Welcome to Night Vale, they're going to be doing this 
live big party in New York and we were waiting for them to announce what the date was going to be and they announced it it's June because we were both like oh we wanted you to say October when we were going to be there already oh, they're it's going to be a and big then, party and a dance uh, do show and a dance party afterwards it's going to be fun I, so I hope everybody I has know. a really great time I know <laughs> you guys need to plan some cool stuff hey if you know anything that's going on in New York City the same week as New York Comic Con and you think Binary System Podcast should cover it let us know chime in we're going to be there anyway let's make it worth our while and we're also still looking for ideas about what to cosplay as so especially if it's something you can get for us that we can cosplay with our glasses on because that's important Yeah, it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be characters with glasses, but it has to be a cosplay that works with glasses. Yes. So masks are acceptable. Giant helmets are acceptable. Even giant steampunk goggles may be uh, acceptable if we can mod them to fit over our faces. So, But we're really hoping to do like a character. Yeah, if we can make it work with a character. We're looking, I mean, if you've got an idea for a gender-bent character, a steampunk variant of a character, you know, the sky is the limit. And if we can make the costume in just a few months. Yeah, exactly. If it's going to be like a couple of years, I still haven't learned how to use that moldable plastic stuff, but I might, you know, if it's a, if it's a costume that I think is worth the effort, then I've got some of it to test it out. What is, I can't remember what it's called. It's like this stuff that you can actually, it comes in plastic sheets. You can melt it with hot water or a hairdryer and mold it into shape and then sand it. It's very thin. It's workable. I'm looking forward to using it, but I haven't found something that I really want to use it for yet, but it could happen. One day. But we've got another episode of Alice Isn't Dead coming up in a couple days. So we will see everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.